Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting, as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. Today is a, is a very special day. I have been very rock and roll centric lately on the podcast. I've been talking to a lot of people from, from my side of the industry. But one of the things I've been kind of forgetting lately is that even after rock and roll returns, which we're starting to see little cracks open, you know, I'm starting to see pictures of people out at front of house with 25% houses. In some of the southern states, I'm seeing packed houses for better, for worse. You know, people are we're, we're finding ways to interact and, and come together again. But that led me to think that another crucial side of our industry is the corporate meeting world and the peer-to-peer events where we bring in not just 10,000, but hundreds of thousands of people to get together and shake hands. And those events really don't have the same power without that human interaction you can't really have a, a conference meeting in a, in a large ballroom or on, in, a, in a convention center with a bunch of masks and handshaking going on because that defeats the whole purpose of the peer-to-peer. At that point, you could just do a, a Zoom call, which is not the same. I think a lot of us are realizing that Zoom calls are not going to be the marketing uh, technique of the future. We We don't our human brains are rejecting it slowly and slowly by slowly. And we're going to have to get back to these corporate events, these corporate meetings, the networking and the the human interaction. So I thought today would be a really good day to reach out to somebody who has some, some very unique insights on the corporate event industry. Somebody who I've had a lot of respect for, and I've had many of my booths next to his, and I've looked at his and go like, man, those are some gorgeous booths. Sure, would like to hang out with him and, and pick his brain for a little bit. So today's the day. Please welcome Paul Fine. He is a principal designer at Fine Design Associates out of uh, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for joining me today, Paul. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. You're too kind. It's always been a pleasure to be across the aisle from you over the years. Ah, so many times we've had uh, the mixing uh, lights, maybe some of my shadows hitting your stuff and You've always been a pleasure to work with and been very polite. Oh, to go, like, you. hey, that, that shadow's uh, on my Sony. Can you move that over? <laughs> like, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I promise. I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent your Sony. Yeah, we, we all have to play uh, together. And, uh, yeah. you know, that that's the best part is that, you know, this industry is so small, especially on a show floor where you might have, you know, 15 LDs in one place and, you know, They'll walk around and talk to each other. You know, it's 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 great. It's a it's obviously a tight knit community, but uh, mm-hmm. I never want to be the guy that says no on the floor. <laughs> you know, we're not good at saying no. We we really we're kind of opposed to that. I I agree. 
Uh, yeah, for us, I always enjoy getting the big gigs like the CESs and the Comdexes and all that because not only is it uh, networking for the the people in the industry, but it's also networking for us because we know that you know the the ten booths in our areas are going to have thirty of our friends in them. That 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 is true. It's uh, there was a little bit of a it, it almost turned into a modern day uh, Jets versus Sharks. Uh, <laughs> not 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 this year, but in early in twenty at CES, uh, we were working in the Samsung booth, and of course the Sony crew came through, and seven twenty uh, IATSE crews that obviously are very very close, and they walked through our our booth, and it was kind of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a tangle, kind of you know they're giving each other grief. It, it was all in jest, but it it, it was pretty funny. <laughs> If anybody ever sees Paul Fine start snapping his fingers and everybody start assembling behind him, you know that it's time to time to get out of Dodge. Uh, I could do a little Jets ballet if I had to, you know. <laughs> I, I was more worried that the, uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was a neat moment to see. And, and that's what I miss. I, I just want us all to go back to working and interacting, whether that's uh, for our clients or for ourselves, uh, you know, it's that's the most important thing. But we can't do it uh, unless it's done safely. Yeah, it's the the infinite fine line that we have to walk. The do we push? Do we err on the side of of economy or do we err on the side of safety? Yes, I I, I think uh, at least in the the two projects that that we've been involved in during this time. One was significant that involved a lot of stage lighting. The the other project was uh, a sign build that had some LED effects in it. But the production aspect, uh, we did come to find that things did take a little bit longer because of the safety aspect. That you can't have, you know, seven or eight hands working in close quarters doing something. kind of have to space things out things have to be more measured um so, so i think that's going to impact us maybe moving forward uh some of the things we were talking about earlier uh you know on the show floor when we get back to it i think it's going to take a lot longer for some of the crews to accomplish some of the stuff that that they do like uh just you know running soccer packs is going to take uh, a lot longer now depending on the amount of people that you know, allowed in the venue, et cetera. Just, just little things I think are going to start to, you know, possibly creep up and cause a little difficulty. I agree. I don't think we're ever going back to the old normal. I don't think it's going to be uh, quite the same. Uh, corporate events are going to... Yeah, I think you and I both know that there was a uh, there was a gravy train for quite a while where people were getting... Your drayage fees were out of control. There oh. were, you know, just hawks uh, at every corner trying to pinch something off of something. There were people trying to like, oh, if th- last year that was $20 and now it's $40. You still want to come? And th- they're always pushing that envelope to see just how much can be squeezed out of the corporate event industry. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with you. And I think a lot of that is going to change. It's going to be a, a, you know, a big reckoning, especially for uh, entities that are contained 
within venues, uh, big hotels, things like that. I don't think they're going to be able to get away with anywhere near uh, what, what you and I know. In our, oh, I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but, but at least in my opinion, exorbitant prices for everything from, from labor to uh, electricity, lifts, things like that. Uh, I just, I, you know, I, I don't know how that's sustainable when the C-suite level folks now understand that they don't have to spend as much money uh, on exhibits. And I, I hope, though, what that translates into is that bigger, bigger budgets for technology, uh, especially lighting and, and what that can do to the environment. Ho hopefully mm -hmm. that's what they use it for. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid. I don't want to overspeak this, but I think a lot of people who haven't had a, a corporate event this year, they've realized that how much money they can save on not buying flights and uh, booking ballrooms and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like they, they've reached the end of that. And I, I know that they're going to, they have to return to peer-to-peer -peer events soon, but they're not going to, that, that money that had been set aside, it's not going to, they've revisited everything. They've checked every penny, every dollar, every dollar spent on those, pro on those events. I think there's going to be a reckoning or at least a, a review of what they were spending all that money on. Uh, I agree. Uh, it's sort of, look at it two ways. Uh, the, the first way, maybe when uh, they send staff to shows, I was talking about a particular booth that I did for a medical company. There were as many medical reps in the booth as well as attendees. And they just flooded it. I don't think uh, should we be fortunate enough to do that booth again, that those, you know, the, the end user is going to send that many people because of things like travel restrictions and geez, you know, maybe we don't need to send 300 reps. Maybe we can get away with 150. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe that translates into, you know, them reinvesting that into the space itself. Uh, that's one thing that I hope happens. I agree. I can't say for sure. I, I think in terms of the, the, the ROI, I, I think the C-suite folks are starting to realize these hybrid events, um, some of which have failed recently, the new normal is not working out. And while they may be saving money short term on hotels and airfare and things of that nature, they don't have the sales to back it up, which I think... Uh, in a way, validates our industry, yep. uh, at least shows and events uh, as far as business. How are these folks selling? Uh, it's very difficult to do that over the phone. It's uh, I, I even see you know some some statistics as to what uh, how many normal human interactive cues that you miss by not being in the same room with the person. So, so hard to read a person, hard to tell, certainly hard to do business uh, if you're trying to sell something, you know. Um, uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting. But I do believe uh, everybody's – I'm hoping that corporate activity picks up and that they're, they're proud to be back. You know, if you look at an event like Dreamforce where they take over an entire city all by themselves, um, you know, they're – 
Salesforce is, is going to want to do that event again. They're want, they're going to want to be the first ones back, you know, to, yeah. to continue. So that's, at least that's what I keep telling myself, <laughs> you know, uh, no, you know, as well as I do that we're not really selling products or services. We're selling relationships and that's without meeting in person, you can't get a good, you can't get an accurate portrayal of the relationship. I agree. Uh, unfortunately, I think what you just said about the the sales reps and representatives is going to apply to us too. Instead of being able to send five technicians, we're going to have to kind of simmer. We're going to have to slim it down to maybe just three. Uh, I think that's going to be a very real decision that we're going to have to make. Like which which three guys am I sending now? I, I agree with that. We we did have to face that on the one event. Uh, you know who who could attend this event. How can they do it? Uh, which mode of transport are they going to use? And you know, conversely, I think the uh, the labor forces are going to have to think inside the building. You know, how many shadows can they get away with? What what are the crew calls going to you know continue to be? Uh, how is that comprised moving forward safely? What's that going to look like? Um, a general scale back, I think, is coming. It's going to start slow. Uh, but I still feel like when it comes back, lighting, AV, audio are, are, should all be, in my opinion, very well positioned to be the one thing that sets somebody apart. Like it used to be uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago in the uh, pharma industry where it shows like ASCO, you know, it's just a slugfest. I mean, who, who had the, you know, the biggest baddest system on the floor? Um you won't hear me crying if that comes back, you know? <laughs> we do love a good arms race there when it comes to technology, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> I think that one of the things that's going to get a major revision is the one billboard or one stand or even one television uh, prop up set having three different jurisdictions. I think we're, get, we're all going to have to revisit that. Do you have any unique thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't other than I hope, I hope that um, things are more relaxed in terms of regulations. Who, who's allowed to do what? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ken Moreland, uh, our senior designer, ha had a good point. Uh, the IBW and IATSE have some overlapping skills, but they're very, very specific. And if they could just get to the point, not just specifically to those two unions, uh, you know, I, I think you should have trained labor executing the project, whatever it is. But I wouldn't have a pest control expert put down my blacktop on, you know, a driveway, right? I, I would mm -hmm. like to have uh, what we see as the the, the more uh, safely trained entity handle that task. What, whether that's hanging a television, a light, running a piece of cable, it, it doesn't matter. So, so I hope that they take a look at it. Will that happen? I, I don't know. You know, the uh, the general contractors in the industry have become just you know massive, heavily weighted organizations that kind of yeah. push down. So uh, hopefully that'll be true. Maybe in some of the smaller entities, uh, in some of the hotel venues, it will change about 
75% of our work is actually in, you know, large format uh, convention centers, centers. Uh, maybe some of the hotels, some of the smaller venues can, can, you know, calm down. I'm not used to the, you know, the, the large uh, rock and roll type venues that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I still go back and forth on, on that because, you know, in the rock and roll world, five people can command 50 people and we can put up an entire arena's worth of stuff in eight hours. Whereas in the corporate world, it, that just doesn't exist. It, it's <laughs> not to say that it's impossible, but it, it's almost impossible. It, uh, it, it's, it's difficult. Uh, you know, it, it all depends on, on, on the cities. Um, yeah. Uh, we just want people to, to, to be able to work. We, we do agree with, um, the current thinking that uh, it'll be a while before the large internationals return. Uh, I, we believe that there'll be smaller uh, regional shows. I mean, it's just common sense. You know, that stuff hasn't opened up yet in terms of, uh, you know, who can attend. But for something like CES coming around in January, that's, you know, it's going to be very important. Uh, our understanding is uh, that, that show is going to go off in person and that the, uh, the floor space is already sold out, which if that proves to be true, you know, that's fantastic uh, because we sure did miss it. We, we don't want to miss another one. Agreed. Uh, that's, that's too many, too many to miss. That's good to hear. I hadn't heard that CES was uh, taking place in January. That's, those are the little rays of sunshine that make me, make me start to, little curls on the side of my mouth are just going up and up. That's awesome. I'm, I am, uh, highly anticipating. I, I, I think, uh, that return, uh, you know, with the way things are moving now look, looks favorable. Uh, it's shows that were canceled that are being pushed back for us into the late summer. If they go off, uh, which would be great because summer is usually a slow time for the exhibit industry we're hoping that we see shows that were canceled earlier in the year, rescheduled, go off. Uh, and that we're hoping that we see companies that are, you know, new, um, you know, there's business development everywhere uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, different shows become big now, different, different industries. Uh, it, over the course of my career, I've seen industries, you know, uh, hit highs and lows like uh, the cable industry the cable show used to be a huge show uh that's you know gone now you know it really Mm -hmm. it really depends but i think there's gonna be some good stuff for us hopefully Mm -hmm. so one of the things that's very interesting about the corporate industry world is that it could in theory be done with the the halide lights on you know just full fluorescent lighting and you could go into a booth and you could see things and then over the years, people have realized that their booths become far more attractive when they turn off the, the hideous lights and really start to sculpt their booth and make it really pretty. And they've kind of gotten away from what I would call utility lighting to theatrical lighting. Do you think that's going to take any sort of a hit? Or do you think we still realize that we have to make our products look beautiful, uh, even at a booth? Uh, I, I very much agree that you cannot just turn on the work lights uh you have to have uh more than uh utility of you know seeing what's there uh using applied light 
to uh, further help a company's messaging and branding uh, just by use of color and intensity. Uh, you know, our job is to, not only do we have to uh, grab people's attention with our systems, but we have to hold it too. And we have to focus mm -hmm. it and, and drive that conversation for somebody on the floor. Uh, whether real or implied, it, it's important to us that when somebody enters that environment, uh, regardless of what the booth is, it, it's like stepping into an embassy. It's, it's, a, it's a special place where they can, you know, whatever the mood is, uh, there is a, such a vast array of styles out there, uh, which is why I love this because it, it, it's constantly changing. You look at the, uh, the European style, uh, it's more uh, high color temperature, more sterile. People may want to feel uh, clean, brighter light coming back to the floor. I'm not sure uh, what the creative is going to be, but from what we've seen so far, nobody's letting up. If anything, I hope they push the envelope and see you know, what can we do uh, that we stand out. So I, I think what we do is important uh, it's not just, you know, basic stuff like letting a presenter or things like that, but, you know, uh, graphics, texture, color, ambiance, uh, you know, uh, if you look around the floor at CES, you can see, you know, people that take that to heart generally have booths that are crushed um, because people want to see what's happening there. They want to go in that environment. I think that's exciting. I agree. I think that it's probably going to be even more important uh, post pandemic. I think, you, I think people are going to be fighting extra hard to get that amount of attention because they've been so lean for a really long time. And, and I think lighting is the perfect way to do that. If you ask me, you know, <laughs> uh, no, no offense to my uh, AV brethren, but uh, you know, I, I think we're going to go back to, what used to be in style, we used to do, you know, truss warmers. I, I think it's really going to be about defining a space, uh, yeah. whether that's, yep. you know, lines of uh, strip lights or truss warmers, whatever it is. I, I think that's going to creep back into the design set. I think we're going to start to see a lot of, I haven't seen it in a while, but the, uh, the idea of maybe uh, a closed off wall event. Uh, or, or booths, you know, a structure that mm -hmm. you have to actually enter. Uh, right. I've seen that, I think, at a G2E uh, Scientific Games has, has a property like that. We, we're not associated with it. Uh, but that's all you can see. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a block. I think show rules may relax in terms of the amount of transparency that a booth can have, how high they can build. Uh, I'm not a booth designer, but I have heard that those are the things that they're looking for uh, to, to, to hopefully change uh, so that they can push their design envelope, uh, which usually hopefully involves lighting of some kind. Interesting. I hadn't considered that. We might return to a certain level of exclusivity. A lot of the booths have kind of migrated towards a wide open, everybody come inside approach but now with the everything and you know just to make sure that the the, the safety theater if you will there might be a, a, a certain level of exclusivity and there might be some gatekeepers at the at the wall saying like mm, 
you're going to come into my booth, you kind of have to prove that you're, that you need to be here. Uh, it might be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the best part about my business is I am behind the scenes. Uh, uh -huh. I do not do well in crowds. So I'm more than happy <laughs> to, uh, you know, that that's the frustrating thing for us is that, uh, you know, in trade shows, people just kind of, you know, they're walking around enjoying the show. Anytime I'm on the floor or any of my colleagues, uh, we're going somewhere. You know what right. I mean? It's, uh, it's like walking on the street in New York, you know, and I have a couple of New Yorkers on my team. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I have definitely seen the, the opposite, a, a wide open convert into a closed space. And, and I've also heard that closed spaces now are becoming open. So, you know, who can tell just as long as we're working, that's, that's really the important part. So when you get the drawings for the booth and you can kind of get an idea if they're going for open or closed, where do you usually go from there? Do you have to rely on your theatrical background or do you have any sort of, do you usually get insights from the booth designers as to where they want you to take the the design we do uh it all starts with uh ideation from generally there's an agency involved an outside agency that's working with uh whatever the product is whether that's a a, a medicine or a widget it, it doesn't matter somebody wants it to look a certain way uh to fit into a a, a certain branding style uh, so we generally like to start with that. What is the overall impression? Usually a designer will layer in lighting as a suggestion when it gets to us. And they say, what, what are the possibilities or can we make this look this way? Uh, and that's where, the, that's where the creativity starts. Uh, how can we achieve this effect? Is it possible? Uh, I know some booth designers personally that are famous for drawing, you know, just gigantic floating things. Well, how's that going to stay <laughs> up there? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, gravity doesn't <laughs> exist on your, your rendering, uh, but how are we going to hang this? Uh, so, so nope. that, that, that's where it comes in. <laughs> that's uh, that's where they just co completely rely on you. Like you're just going to hang it and make sure it's evenly lit. Right exactly you're just, just going to use the magic we'll, we'll use our, our our tricks and in some cases you know we never like to be the you know the 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 person that says no um uh you know we will absolutely do our our darndest to make the the effect happen but if it's you know uh, just something silly that won't work physically or we won't get the effect our, our job as i see it and you know take it very seriously is that uh the end user spends a lot of money it, it is not any event whether it's 20 people or 200 2000 uh, or more uh it costs a lot of money uh, mm -hmm. so our job is to make sure that the the final product looks and feels like what our clients sold uh and that can be translated down to, in some cases, how has the designer rendered the edge of the light? Do they have a scalloped look? That's a hard edge. Okay, maybe I need to use Lycos to light this wall. Do they have a different effect rendered? So, so those are the, you know, that's the minutia of getting into it. Once we, you know, uh, become engaged in a project, I like to say, you know, 
once you give us a deck, it's, it's just going to open up a flood of questions for us uh, because of the way it's rendered. That's where we begin. So the way you're speaking, I, I'm, I'm picking up a, a theatrical background. Is that how you got into this? Did you come up through the world of theater? I, I sure did. I sure did. Once you get bit by the theater bug, that, that's it. So uh, for me, that was uh, in, in high school, regional theater, uh, Bucks County Playhouse, uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts uh, at the North Carolina School of the Arts, and then a Master of Fine Arts at uh, Temple University. Uh, and then opened fine design in, in 92. And, uh, you know, uh, there is no real difference. The, uh, the corporate, uh, the corporate event industry, the concert event industry and the theater industry, uh, maybe not when I first started, but now certainly use the same equipment. Uh, so, right. so it's a, a very easily translatable skill. I used to ask myself, you know, what is the difference between lighting a three penny opera or the president of Panasonic making a statement with, you know, 10 cameras there and, you know, a thousand people with their cell phones up, you know, they, mm -hmm. they, they both get your heart pumping. You know what I mean? It, uh, to, to me, there's nothing quite like the, the live, you know, the live aspect of what we do. So yes, it, we're, Everyone that, that I work with on our team, generally in some manner, you know, we're stage lighting designers. That that that's what we do. Yeah, that's how that's how you can tell when they're they're gorgeous too, because there's a lot of people who think that they're booth designers, and they think they and they do it from a from a utility standpoint. They 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 can just think, well, that has to be seen, and I need to put light on it, but they, they'll forget the sculpting necessary, the color temperature necessary. The, the attention, the focus, the shutter cuts, they'll just be like, yeah, there's a product, light it. That's, that, uh, that's not enough anymore. Yes, I, I agree. And, and I think that's what sets us apart from some of the large, uh, greater known production companies is that they can, they have shells of fixtures that they can just throw at it, but that's not lighting a booth. That, that, in my opinion, that's just providing light. Um, you know, can you, you know, can you pick out just a pinpoint, you know, six by six graphic that's going to, you know, tell you what this gigantic, you know, beautifully lit dump truck is, you know, I, 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 I like that specificity of, of what we do. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's why uh, we've been able to do this for so long because we're, you know, we, we don't own gear. We, we don't have to use, I'm not limited. Um, as you said before, we, there's so many tools uh, and they're constantly changing methods, uh, you know, uh, stuff that's a little bit uh, above my pay grade that I leave to, you know, our capable production electricians and programmers. Um, you know, that stuff I, I don't really know a lot about as a designer, mm -hmm. uh, but that's, you know, that technology is constantly moving. So why, why can't we do this? You know, let's take a look and see what we can do. Although sometimes there, there's a cost to that. So some of the ideas uh, I do find that now uh, we talked about it a little bit before we are providing uh, this has been going on for a while. P people want more for less always, uh, but they're looking yeah. for good, better, and best 
tiered pricing. So uh, for us to capture an event, uh, it just takes that much more work on our end to bid things out, you know, three different ways uh, against three different companies. You know, it's, it's very laborious, but, you know, just delighted when it, when it comes through. Uh, that's got to be really difficult to be able to convince some people that, that, yeah, we can light it for this and it'll look meh. But then with a little bit more money, we can do this and you'll get this many more people into your booth. But if you really want to come up with a showstopper and make sure that everybody in the in the convention center is paying attention to your booth, it's going to cost you this much. And and that's that's what's, that's where your impact lies right there. It must be really difficult to kind of step them up the ladder to that that real big wow factor. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it uh, it's directly correlated to, to to what the objectives are at the show. Um, we've gotten to do some really cool things, but they're always backed up by a big product launch or, or something that were, would require something sexy for the booth, like some mm-hmm. uh, you know kinetic lights or you know some something that is unique and grabs your attention uh, a new product coming to market will have that kind of budget right somebody who's been to a show has the same 40 by 40 you know they may just say you know what we'll, we'll just uh hang a couple you know kohs and take care of it that way to to your yeah. point earlier and, and that's just not the way to go that 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 just makes things uncomfortable um so uh it's very rare, of course, when you bid things, you know, at an A, B, and C level, that the client's going to come back and say, "Yeah, let's go with the most expensive one." <laughs> right. So, uh, but uh, as we all know, and I'm sure you know, uh, things change on site, um, and they can change dramatically and, and, and without, you know, any warning, and and people just move along with it. In in the theater process that's a little bit more difficult because there's feelings involved, right? And <laughs> there are no feelings in, in exhibits, you know, oh, it's uh, no, no crying in baseball. Yep. You are going to move this trust um, because this person would like you to do so. Absolutely. No problem. Oh man. You just tapped into one of the things I haven't really been able to put my finger on, but it's a huge difference between the rock and roll world and the corporate world. And that is that, the clients get to see their competitor in the middle of the build. Yes. So in, a, in rock and roll world, my artists, they don't get to see other shows while they're doing their show. But on right. the corporate floor, man, they can, they, they'll look like, well, I got the C level and the booth right next to me went for the A level. And now my booth looks like an F. Yes. And they will come that, to you and like, Hey, 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 I changed my mind. I want the A level. That, that, that has happened more than once the world revolves around change orders. Uh, we, we have clients that are known specifically, you know, for adding things like 200 running feet of banners to, you know, block out other booths, you know, so people can't see them. And sometimes, you know, that may, uh, sometimes could be detrimental in that somebody will come in and say something. Then there's a rumor, Oh, we're going to move this. We're going to change this. Then you have to get a price for it. Meanwhile, you're not doing anything. The crew is just standing there and you waste an hour because somebody thought they wanted to do something. But then again, when the order comes down, 
we make a call and, you know, we, we got a truck coming in and uh, we, we worked at some overtime tonight because uh, uh, some executive saw during his walkthrough uh, a competitor has a brighter sign. So, so absolutely, mm-hmm. that, that happens all the time. Yep. It's uh, it's all about making those egos feel the way they need to be felt. Or that they they need to all do respect. Some of my one of my favorite ones is when the secretary to the president comes in and wants this changed, and then the vice president comes in and finds out. Oh, you changed that to this? No, I want to change it to this. And then the president comes in and is like, those two were both wrong. I want it like this. And then next thing you know, the <laughs> <laughs> the uh somebody who's you didn't even expect like the social media representative comes in and is like you know they're all wrong if we're going to get this out to, to all the people we wanted to it has to look like this and then that's the person who's saying you know maybe they got it in at the right time or they can they were more convincing but next thing you know you're rotating an entire booth 90 degrees based on a whim uh, that's that, that's happened uh but but i do think you're right more and more it's about what what are the cell phones going to capture what what's going to get posted mm-hmm. what is going to drive that branding and whoever maintains that vision that's that's what they get uh um uh, we, our attitude is we, we 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 don't like to say no for any reason whatsoever may not be able to give an answer right away Generally, we have to, you know, step back and caucus and figure out: Can we do this? How are we going to do it? Um, and that's just part of the game. And, and I think that's exciting. You know, sometimes that works out in your favor, and sometimes it's just devastating to hear that the last forty lights that somebody just focused in a lift that wall is moving, or you know, uh, <laughs> the, the old adage that we don't. We don't focus in certain booths till the product's moved at least three times, right? Because then it, it's just yeah. a waste, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and people always like to ask us, you know, what, when are you going to be done? When are you going to be done? As soon as you're done. Because it's always the client yeah. asking me. So as soon as you're done, as soon as your last graphic goes up, we'll be done approximately an hour to two hours later. Right. That's, that's, that's the way it works. The show opens at eight. You better have that last graphic up at, you know, 4 a.m. so we can clear the floor. That's a big mm-hmm. part of it too. Constantly pushing the envelope. Press conferences, uh, uh, you know, TV shoots, things like that. Uh, you know, CES especially. Uh, those booths work a little bit different. You know, from your systems, you do a show, they're off, they come down, they go somewhere else. Our booths then tend to stay on for you know days at a time i it's just brutal on the equipment there's always an overnight crew especially for ces because they do you know they want to be live on the east coast at eight in the morning so you know you're doing load-ins after being open all day from seven to seven you're starting a load-in at midnight so you could be ready for a 4 a.m teaser you know to hit the east coast so it's just a vicious cycle um, but, but I'm always delighted to see that our guys can keep things, uh, you know, up and running and that, you know, there's problems here and there, you know, uh, lights are finicky, but for the most part, it can be a burn that that's the, the main difference. I think in a different way is that, you know, our, our, uh, we're not moving around quite so much as you guys move around. Um, you know, some shows take a, a month or two to complete. 
Some of them, you know, we have a week or two days, you know, it, it, it depends. And it's always different, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I didn't realize until I ventured out of rock and roll into corporate is it's a completely different lifestyle. It's uh, yes, we're using the same gear. Yes. It's the same console. Yes. It's the same power requirements, but the lifestyle is completely different. I, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it, it, it's no easier uh, or, or difficult than, than the other. You're still putting in long days, regardless of what gig you're working on, but it tends to be, you know, we, we I like to say we, we do concrete to concrete. So we're the first in last out, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's the, that's the reality. Uh, so from pre-rig to, you know, that last chain coming out of the sky, that could be a, a month, a month and a half uh, where you're just, you know, doing the same thing day in, day out. You go to the hotel, you know, you get a couple hours rest, you go back to the show floor and you work and, and, you know, but uh, I won't lie. We've definitely taken advantage of some of the uh, cities we've been able to play in, you know, sample the local fair and, you know, Everybody has friends in every city, so so that's nice, you know. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. you're right; it is different. Uh, based on what I saw from from my friends in the business that that did the rock and roll touring, uh, it's just just a completely different animal, you know, completely yeah. different. I I think. Um, but but there there is some crossover, you know. Yeah, we get to sample each city, whereas when you're on a corporate gig for a month or so, you actually get to you get to you know have a favorite waitress at a at a restaurant that you frequent and stuff like where you just don't get that in rock and roll world we actually changed a hotel location that we use simply because of the bartender is no longer employed there so we we had to find a whole new hotel because the bartender <laughs> knew the the whole staff's drink order as as we walked in and once that bartender left, we're like, why, why are we even staying here? So, you know, we take that very seriously. <laughs> Every action has a consequence. Yeah, that's Every right, it does. Has a consequence. Sometimes you don't know what it is. I don't know if you can put that on Yelp or not, but, you know, hey, you just lost 20 rooms because you're bartender, because you fired the bar, you fired the wrong bartender. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely fired the wrong person in that, in that place. So uh, <laughs> we were just talking about that funny so along those lines do you does your heart pump a little extra when your corporate events have like a rock and roll element oh yeah yeah totally absolutely i i'd I love to see you know things like uh reveals with kabuki drops and indoor pyro and you know mm-hmm. smoke and you know flash and bang and flying platforms and stuff yeah absolutely always uh, even though, uh, you know, a, a, a more stately medical booth may seem plain, if one single fixture goes out, you got a major problem. But, but I, I love it if it's more like, uh, you know, some shows we can get away with more, like, uh, again, the uh, G2E is a gambling show. Mm-hmm. It's no hold barred because you're, the floor is just mayhem to begin with because it's, it's, gambling machines you know there's there's bells and whistles everywhere uh and i've seen some just gorgeous gorgeous rigs you know and and it's 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 you know sometimes it's humbling to see that like holy smokes look at that we're we're smoked you know we're next to (laughs) we're next to a 600 foot booth that has you know you know a million lights in it so Mm -hmm. uh 
I, I like to, to look around and see, you know, see, see what's happening. But de- definitely the corporate shows, the, the sales meetings, the things like that, that have are inherently theatrical, Harley Davidson, some, something like that. If they're, you know, they're rolling bikes across stage. Absolutely, man. That's, that's just the coolest thing in the world to me. I, 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 I love that stuff. Um, and we don't get that that often. Um, but we do, what we do get are, are, are very, very serious uh, press conferences and events like that where, where mm-hmm. nothing can go wrong. And that's, I'm talking about somebody like uh, in one of our booths, the president of the company was a, a well-known individual in the financial world that can move markets with his words. I'm talking mm-hmm. about a former president of a GE corporation. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's very serious. I, you know, he may only be in that booth for 15 minutes, but that's the footage that's going to play on CNBC. So you got to be, you know, spot on. You know, right. that's that, that to me can be just as exciting as, uh, you know, uh, a new helicopter reveal. Uh, it, it depends, but yeah, lo- love the effects, love the effects, love music, cool. noise. You know, that's what I'm used yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Some of my favorite times out on rock and roll is when one of my bands will go and be a headliner at, uh, at a corporate event. Cause it's always such a, it's a, it's a love hate sort of a day where you know that it's going to be something very special for the guests, but at the same time, you, you're not, you're not the headliner. Uh, one of the ones that always stuck it stood out for me was a I think it was an IBM show where it was Fallout Boy and Elvis Costello, and you could tell that like they had had a, a conversation like who should we have headline this, and you know one of the CEOs was like oh I love Elvis Costello and then maybe the the younger bunch they were all like well we love Fallout Boy, so they they couldn't decide so let's just do both and it was just a weird headline mm. Elvis Costello and Fallout Boy on the same that's set right. the same stage is but but they just you know it's a gig it's a gig i mean that's no weirder than a Lollapalooza, i guess <laughs> sure <laughs> you, you go up on stage uh, as long as i'm lighting it i really don't care who it is yeah. as long as they look good and they have nice edge nice nice edge for the cameras and, yeah. and and that's something that that's more advanced now too with all the the hybrid events is that we you know, the last project we did, we had to essentially triple light it for broadcast, for for normal uh, vision, and then for 3D capture. Uh, so, uh, you know, we were having to dig in a little bit more than, than we would. I don't know if that's uh, going to be a, a something that remains as a trade-off as we move into real trade trade shows. Uh, in this instance, they used the trade show booth as a uh, broadcast stage. Uh, so that may be an, a new element. Uh, in, in, in that case, uh, I think there's going to be a big play for a lot of, uh, you know, film and, and movie and AV equipment as opposed to, you know, some of the stuff that we're used to using. Oh, I agree with you. I think that's a forever change. I think all of these things are going to be filmed and broadcast live now i think we've all realized that you know once your venue is full at you know 10,000 you can just set up 10 cameras now and you can broadcast to 100,000 and you can still get the zoom reactions and stuff i think that's going to be a forever change i think we're going to be doing that for for for, for the foreseeable future 
Yeah, it worked for me, man. Uh, just as long <laughs> as everybody can, you know, work and enjoy and, and uh, you know, uh, we, we ourselves, we watched a uh, ballet performance uh, at the Joyce Theater of the, the Paris Opera Ballet. Um, that was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. They went into the Joyce and they filmed it and, and they sold it. And, you know, while we can't go to the show, we can still support them. It was just beautiful. You know, I, I would, I would much rather go to the show, but uh, it, it's cool to see it. And I, you know, I have some colleagues of mine that are doing uh, movie shoots and things like that because they work for theater companies that, that can't have audiences now. So they have to film everything. And that's, you know, a completely different style uh, than what we're used to or maybe used to, you know, for lighting for a uh, camera or, you know, you're just, you know, uh, lighting for the show floor. So it's uh, becoming interesting. I think that that's one of the reasons why we do what we do is because no matter what it is, it's always different. It's always changing. Uh, and that's the best part about my job is that, you know, you learn something every show. And uh, the trick is to apply it to the next show, you know, or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at least, yeah, adapt. Uh, like when uh, CES a few years ago, the ceiling opened up. There's a huge rainstorm and, you know, who knew that that ceiling was worse than Javits? I mean, it was, it, it was just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like raining. I felt bad for a counter, you know, our AV uh, counterpart in the booth. Their consoles just got, you know, just poured on. Uh, I remember the guys took down a, uh, a, a six-foot color force, and when they tipped it to take it out of the lift, just gallons of water just pouring out of this instrument. I mean, just crazy. But, that, you know, that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. If we don't adapt, we'll get left behind. I was just thinking about how you talk about how all these things are going to be broadcast online now. I think that uh, ties back to what we first started talking about in this conversation is if the, if the venues aren't willing to open up the broadcast for, for some sort of price that isn't completely gorging their clients, they're not going to make it there. People are going to go elsewhere, you know, and I'm thinking about the, the internet prices on, on show floor. They're, they're obscene. They, they're they're not any sort of reasonable oh. open market prices. You know, if there was a competitor in there, those prices would drop immediately. But when it's, yeah. when it's locked down and there's no competitors, they can charge whatever they want. Yeah, we. Uh, that's part of the you know the, the the captive audience, and that's why hotels and things like that can charge so much for for power. Uh, when we know it's just sitting there, there there's nobody using 400 amps of power in the, in the, in the grand ballroom. So you're going to charge 15,000 just to let us plug into it. I mean, that's, you know, crazy. Uh, I think, uh, and I, I do think on the, uh, the show floor things are going to uh, follow the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, I would imagine for 15,000 for that power, you could say, well, no, we'll just get a generator, set it outside and we'll run four out 500 feet. And they're like, Oh no, you can't run four out through that doorway. Right. Exactly. It's really, it's, so, so some of it's tough. And, and uh, at least the, uh, the GCs, you know, some of the venues, like I said, if somebody has a pipe coming in there and they're the only broadband, 
uh, I know a lot of exhibitors in particular, they bring all that with them. You know, that's, you know, they set up their own. I mean, obviously I'm not uh, reinventing the wheel. You know, that's what they do. They provide their own systems, but we do a lot of what we call um, uh, essentially billing forensics. Uh, show, show services bills are incredibly, incredibly difficult to understand. Um, so we take the time to go through them because we're responsible for ordering uh, the services around our involvement in the show, whatever that is. Therefore, we were responsible for the bills that the client pays. We say, it's going to cost you uh, this much in, in labor to, to execute this idea. Uh, we go back and look mm -hmm. at those bills and uh, almost a hundred percent of the time, you know, they're just piling on, you know, because nobody takes the time to go through that. They may just, you know, push it through. Uh, so usually, you know, we found one instance where uh, on a, on a motor order uh, we ordered separate motor power, but the motors came with an additional something like a $119 power charge. We'd order power separately through the same company. This was an 80 hoist show. You know, that, that, that adds up. Uh, so that's why, you know, I like to say forensics is a lot of what we do. Because we place the orders, we can also make sure. Um, I don't know how it is with you. I assume it's the same way. You may order 20 hands for a call, and you're lucky if you get 14. You know, it's... Uh, it really depends yeah. on, on where, where you work. That, that, that's the toughest thing for us, you know, not, not having, uh, but I don't suspect it'll be a problem when we go back because there's going to be more than enough people willing and ready and able to work. And I know that. That's for sure. Yeah. Next thing you know, you've got to one person just going around just to make sure that there are 20 people and that there's not just 14 trying to make it look like there's 20. I uh, imagine we, you, you come into the same thing. Yes, we, 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 we do that. Um, you know, we, we make sure we have a stored in the booth. We have to sign the hard cards and we won't sign it if they don't match, you know, I mean, that's, uh, cause we keep records. You know, we, we know how many people we ordered. We also know how many people didn't come, uh, because we've got, you know, uh, teams that can't work because they're, you know, odd numbered teams or, you know, whatever, cause you had uh, a shortage or, or a lift is late or whatever it is. It, it, it's, uh, it's definitely, Definitely difficult. They don't make it any easier on the exhibitors, and and I wish they would because they, they spend so much money. Uh, but I, I do think they get a lot back in, in the ROI. Uh, otherwise, they, they wouldn't mm -hmm. keep doing this, and you know you and I wouldn't have jobs. Well, at least I would. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm sitting dead in the water right next to you, brother. We're uh, we're all waiting for the same green light. I would imagine. Uh, luckily, we're I think we're all starting to see some floodgates creek open but it's we're still a ways away uh we are i've never i've never not worked so it's you know it's been a little unusual making this uh adjustment but you know just like everybody else being able to rediscover spend time uh with my family as a traveling dad you know uh it's great to be around uh but as I tell my family and friends all the time, I, I love it here. This is my home. But but honestly, uh, I'd rather be in Chicago working on RSA for three weeks straight 
than sitting here at the office. You know what I mean? I, I, I love the family, but you know, we really got to be on the road working. I mean, that's, that's why we exist. And, and really at this point in my age, it's the only thing I know how to do, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. Right? I, I'm just now for the first time developing a hobby. I, I've never had a hobby in my life because hobby, our job was my right. hobby. And now that I've got this, like uh, the same office every day, I'm like, Oh, this is why people have hobbies. Cause they, their brains go insane if they don't. What's uh, what's been the biggest change on your end? You know, like uh, for uh, what have you discovered about yourself during this this time period? I've realized that I require those four hours of just pure quiet on an airplane monthly. <laughs> if I don't have that, I go, I freak out. To the point I've, I've actually been able to voice that to my wife recently. Where I, just, I just need to get in the car with no kids, no wife, and I just need to go away for, yeah. you know, two hours. I'm not going anywhere. She'll ask me, where are you going? Like, I don't know. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just not here. Not because I don't love you. Not because I don't <laughs> want to be around you. I just, my male monkey brain needs two hours of just pure quiet and and peace and quiet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do miss, uh, I'm an aviation buff to begin with. So I just love flying. I love everything about it, but boy, uh, that's the one thing I miss, uh, you know, uh, fortunately I've been able to fly, I think four times in the past year. And that's, you know, uh, while that not may not seem much for, for me, it was significant. I was so, you know, I was thrilled to get on a plane again. You know, I, I just, that's, you know, that's part of the joy, I think, of this job is that you can get on a plane, go up in the clouds, you can sleep, you can work, you can do whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I think, each individual person's time. That's your alone time that you get in this business. You don't get a lot of that because I know as soon as I land, I'm going to be working my tail off for the next, you know, however many days mm -hmm. it is, right? Yep. Uh, the other one that I think you can probably share with me is I miss having something in the calendar to look forward to. You know, currently I've got kids' birthdays and I've got my wife's birthday coming up and those are things that we can look forward to. But it's not the same as uh, I'm getting on a plane to go somewhere to do a thing and I have to have this ready and I got to make sure I've got this and the, the planning and the forethought that goes into having a thing that's going to happen in a place. Yes, I, I miss that terribly. I, I, I do as well. It's, a, uh, you know, this past Thanksgiving, it, it, you know, it was really hard to, you know, he's, since I think uh, 2015, we've been doing, uh, uh, which is not a long time, but, but certainly this one project keeps us in Chicago over Thanksgiving. And it was really hard for me this year. I, you know, Thanksgiving is the only thing I have going on. I, you know, I, I should be like knee deep in Freeman paperwork by now trying to get, you know, I should be on call after call after call. And I think that's the hardest part for me too, is, you know, not, not having that, you know, jump on a plane, go to a city for a day so you can sit in a room for an hour and, you know, have a meeting and then fly back that same day. You know, that's, that, that's a kind of, uh, you know, heart pumping stuff. I like, I mean, it's silly. Uh, normal people travel for work, 
I just mm -hmm. happen to enjoy it. <laughs> no, I think that uh, we're probably, I don't want to sound like I'm overstating this, but we might be suffering withdrawals from that lifestyle, you know? Totally we are. Uh, I mean, it's, I feel uh, it. Yeah, it's it, it's been a year, and it's it's not a it's not a question of uh, just wanting to get out of the house. It's a question of I I need to be somewhere and work. Um, yeah. That's what I do. That's how I provide for my family. And you know, it's it's tough not to be able to do that. You know, it, it stinks. Um, but but I do agree with you. I, I think people are gonna once those gates open, it, it's just gonna be you know ho hopefully out of control. You know. Um, when you are a designer, I think you have to sort of forget and not focus too much about where the next job is going to come from during normal times. In a time like this, obviously, it's uh, it's not cool that you know my calendar is just just wide open. You know, normally there's you know one or two even summer gigs that that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so uh, hopefully that'll return. Tell me if I'm if I'm overstating this one, but I, my health, would actually be affected by having my calendar open for too long. I used to have this like rash on my arm, and I could tell if I was working too much or too little based on, on that. You know, if I if if my stress levels were getting elevated, it was either because I was working too much, you know, doing hundred hour weeks, but I really noticed it get bad when when I didn't have anything lined up for six months, are you, are you uh, feeling the same thing? Uh, I, I can, uh, there's definitely a physical, uh, a physical effect of staying home. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that I'm more physical. I'm, I'm much more in shape in track, you know, doing our steps and things like that. And on the road, you know, you either you're eating the best meal you've ever eaten or you're eating trash. You know, right. um, for me, when I'm on the road, my, my weight tends to go down, uh, which is good. So so fighting that being home this long is really tough, you know, because I don't have a reason to walk, you know, four or five miles a day around an exhibit floor. I, I don't I don't I don't have a need to, to lift anything or, you know, uh, keep in shape. So, uh, yeah, I've definitely noticed a change. Stress levels you know, normally are, are, are elevated just to the nature of this business, especially on the corporate side, because the, the timelines are reduced. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous that, that you get handed a schedule and you know, when your shows are going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah. for, for us, it could just be a, you know, a call tomorrow or a call a month from now. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, mm -hmm. that is sustainable during a, you know, a, a busy time period, but not during, you know, a pandemic or uh, uh, the, the Great Recession. Uh, there's been lots of, you know, after 9-11. So, uh, you know, there's been periods, we've seen this before, not quite to this extent, but but I do believe and pray that the recovery is going to be, you know, badass. And we're all going to be, you know, out there <laughs> meeting at bars, you know. I share that with you. I really look forward to meeting at a bar with you, Paul. Uh, me Thank too, you so much Chris. for your time, man. I really uh, appreciate this. <laughs>